Okay, now I'm recording. There, see, I told you. Aw, what a good friend. Don't get used to it. No, I'm going to say, oh, I'm not. I won't. <clears throat> now I wasn't ready. <laughs> see, that's maybe why you don't tell me, because I right? get ready. Here we go. Welcome to the Simplicity <laughs> Show. <laughs> Can't do that. Can't do that. I'm doing, doing an intro here. <laughs> Trying to be professional. <laughs> Was that an actual sentence? It was like, go. Okay. <laughs> it was like three words in one. Yes. That's ultimate Wisconsinite. So much. Okay. Now, now shut up. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the Simplicity Show with Sue and Vince where we talk about what's happening in the credit union industry, the world, and right here on our credit union team. In this episode, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Woo! How's that different? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so excited. Tell them Tell them the premise. So You we, know that. I, I do know the premise. So I, I, I have a minute idea of what's going on. Yes. So we decided... Uh, to, at some point uh, in the near future and for this episode now, yes, that we would, re- one of us would research a topic uh, and then come to the podcast with said research, said That's research. topic. Right there. And the other one would have no idea going into it what that was. True story. So, I get to be the first recipient of the, this new structure we're trying out. Yes. And I am excited out of my mind. <laughs> so that's That's fun. an understatement. Yes. I'm bringing a lot of energy. <laughs> I'm bringing a lot of nervousness. Fear? Are you fear? Skepticism. Skepticism. Oh, you're going to love it. Just going to love it. So the topic... But how is that different than any other day? It's true. Also. It's true. The topic we're going to talk about today... Ooh, here it is. Here it comes. Bum, bum, bum. Apropos for the season. Uh, a word which here means... Appropriate. Yes. I know that. But okay. not everybody Did I give may. you the look that I give people when they don't know a word and I'm frustrated that they don't know the word? Okay. <laughs> I know you know. That's why I gave you that look. Appropriate. Apropos of the season, our topic today is why do people like scary movies? Oh. And what I know, part of the reason I'm so excited is what I know about you is that you actually don't like scary movies. Right. So. With a passion. I think that makes it that much more interesting because I have research and stuff. Oh. And I think you will find it I think you will find the research says. Yes. They're stupid. <laughs> wow. Actually, I think you will find the research does not say that. <laughs> but, so, what is, you, I'm excited. What do you, how do you feel about the topic? How do you feel? Tell Let's us about your it. feelings. Let's do it. Yeah, do that's it? You're just ready it? to do I, it? I hate scary movies. They're dumb. <laughs> that's how I feel wow. about it. 
That's a very judgy way to come at it. I like it. <laughs> so you are, and this is the, this is the thing. So as you can see here, also we have notes this time that actually go through our outline for real. Yes. So I have um, responded to the topic. You Next. have responded to the topic. Now we are going to discuss each one of our perspectives on scary movies just a little bit because also we have a special guest interview to get to. Mm. And the reason, uh, let me set this up just okay. for fun. Just spoilers, Please do. Spoilers on that interview is because that person, this person I chose to interview, I know comes to this topic from a completely different perspective than either you or I. So you don't like them at all. My perspective is that there is the, a right kind of scary movie that I sort of enjoy, but there's a whole other vast majority of them that are just not my thing. I just don't dig them. So when I think of things like this, what you would think of as like a slasher type movie, your Nightmares on Elm Streets, your Friday the 13th, this is your Halloween type movies, mm -hmm. that whole genre, I could live my entire life without. They don't even need to exist to me. Right. Don't, well, don't care for them. The point. Right. That's my feeling on all of those. However, there's this small sort of sub, I don't know if it's a sub genre. I don't know what you would call it. Clearly, this is not part of my research, but <laughs> <laughs> of sort of a psychological thriller. There's just a right amount of thriller that I do like. So Silence of the Lambs is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it falls under that horror genre, but it's not, it's not a slasher film. Sure. It's a much more psychological horror. Or how about I pick a reference that's from the last 10 years <laughs> and say... I mean, I'm aware of <clears throat> Silence of the Lambs. Okay. I have okay. not seen it, but right. I'm aware that it, ex it exists. Okay, cool. So another one more recently that I really enjoyed was the movie Get Out, which is... And we will get, I don't want to spoil too much of what I learned in my research, but we'll get to why that movie, which I, I'm sure you haven't seen that. No. So the whole premise behind the movie Get Out, I hope, and I, I'm now I'm questioning if I have the name right. <laughs> but I think it's right. Again, research. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Can, all so, the research in all the wrong places. <laughs> yes. So... Uh, it is sort of a body snatcher kind of movie where they're taking people's brains and putting them in other people's bodies. And wow. It's a whole... But it's not graphic. It is more psychological and... Like who's who and... Thriller, like, sort of idea. Okay. Right? And social commentary, really, is what it's a lot about. So all of that to say, there's this very small sliver of things that fall under the horror genre mm -hmm. that I like, but all of the rest of them can go pound sand. <laughs> so tell me why you don't like horror films. 
Well, first and foremost, I'm not a fan of being terrified. Okay. Uh, <laughs> period. End of story. <laughs> and is it hard for you to understand why some people are? I mean, yes and no. From a personal perspective, yes. Like, why would you want to do that to yourself? Um, but in this, I think in the same way that this is... This is still me bringing all of my judgment and opinion Right, you're to still this. being very judgmental. But in the Don't same worry. way that I'm not a fan of roller coasters and that experience, and there are people who are, right, I assume you extrapolate that in a similar fashion. Like, that's, that's an experience that some people, for whatever unknown reason, seem to enjoy. <laughs> you, the thing is, what makes me sad is that this is a podcast, and the other people, unless I say the following, the people listening will not know how judgmental your face was about people who liked roller coasters. And I just <laughs> want to make sure I set the table and let them know how you feel about people who like roller coasters, because it is not positive. You are not on board with those people. Not on board with the roller coaster situation. Okay. No. That's... Well, and... Ironically, our very special guest, whose interview we're going to hear shortly, does not like roller coasters. This is the thing I knew about this person ahead of time. Um, and when we talk about one of the things that people who are attracted to horror films, a, a personality tendency is that they're thrill-seeking, right? Um, but our guest... Does not cannot deal with, doesn't like roller coasters at all. Doesn't not does not get behind that. Um, but loves exact everything about the horror genre that you and I don't resonate with. Uh, the flip side, remember I have that very tiny little narrow part of it that I do like. Love roller love roller coasters. Yeah. I love them a lot. Yeah. So it's just a different kind of thrill seeking. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not that if you love roller coasters, you love horror films. Right. Or don't. But I assume in that same, some people, it's not some people's cup of tea. It is some people's cup of tea. The other thing uh, for me, and realizing this is our credit union podcast, so let me just briefly explain my perspective from a spiritual stance that horror films, in my opinion, are opening you up to a lot of things uh, in the spiritual realm that you probably don't want to open yourself up to. So the malevolent side yeah. of the spiritual realm. Yeah. Okay. Valid perspective. People have different perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> Now I feel I feel like I have to overvalidate you now. No, no, but it's okay. Just like it's it's cool you feel however you want. <laughs> wow. <What> was that? <laughs> <laughs> I know I gushed a little, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the thing that we the thing that you will find as with anything People bring a uh, various and a multitude of different attitudes of things to everything, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So if you really loved horror films, you would it would also be a transgressive thing, right? And so maybe maybe part of it is like you don't like them anyway. You don't see a reason to get involved with them. So that's just one more reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I overexplained it. It's fun to overexplain things. <laughs> so do you, do you want to listen to our guest? Yes. Well, one more, one more quick point? note. Okay. Bring uh, it. That it is not that I have never seen a horror film, right? So this is not me like, oh, I'm just not engaging in I, that thing at all. Butter, uh, butter doesn't melt on my tongue. I'm so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> never heard that You've one never before. heard that? <laughs> butter doesn't melt on your tongue? Okay. That was good. Um, <laughs> but in my rather limited experience, uh, the, yeah, again, why? Just, just why? Just why. Well, okay, but quick, maybe quick before we read the interview, it would be here... All of the research, all of my page and a half of research (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I have for you really points to the fact there are specific characteristics that lend to people liking horror films. Just like anything else, your personality and the way that you are innately built. They're mentally unstable? uh, It's not. (laughs) No. Uh, it's not a value judgment. Look, I actually even wrote right there, it says it's not a value judgment. Um, horror films aren't objectively good or bad. Um, humans are just all wired differently. So the things that characterize... I mean, I'm definitely making an objective judgment. You are making an an objective judgment, I know. But for the people that I'm really trying to... You know, for the 12 listeners that we have, <laughs> I want to make sure everybody feels included here. Now, the next thing I'm about to say is not going to make them feel included, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, some of the things that they list for people who tend to like horror films are that they are less inherently empathetic. <laughs> exactly. Not a value judgment for some people. Oh, this is Some great. people are highly empathetic that you can't turn it off, right? Mm-hmm. And other people just have to take an extra step to show empathy. And these people are those people who empathy is sort of a, a it's an intentional thing that they have to do rather than mm-hmm. taking in every bit of the uh, aura of the room that didn't make sense. I don't always say things that make sense. The point is... That, <laughs> so well, I'm they, not saying I'm an empathy champion yes. by any means, but right. that was just hilarious. Thank you. That lead into that. I know. It's not, it's not going to get better. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, this next one is not too bad. They tend to be able to better separate... Actually, it's worse for us. Better able to separate reality from fantasy. So one of the, one of the things that I s- saw... Um, said that they did a study with people who both liked and didn't like horror films and then gauged their feelings on them. And the group of people that reported going into the study saying they didn't like horror films, they put the pictures of the people in the movie, the actors in the movie, they overlaid them on the screen so they were down in the corner so that the whole time they were watching them, 
these people, those highly empathetic people, were realizing that that's an actor in a scene, right? Mm -hmm. And they actually reported that they enjoyed the film more knowing that that's an actor in a scene where people who inherently like them just can make that separation without having to be told that's an actor in a scene. Mm, interesting. They also tend to be thrill-seeking. Mm, I should come back to that. Okay. And Keep going. Yes. And there, I there are some studies that show um, that there might be sort of a gender difference between male and female. But what's not conclusive is, is that a gender difference because of our Western way of raising boys versus girls, or is it an inherent gender difference? Because there are certainly women who like horror films, right? But they do tend to be more frequently male. And interestingly, studies have shown that males enjoy horror films more if they have a female with them who is anxious or scared, and which... Bravo, guys, <laughs> for not being great. <laughs> but then females enjoy them more if they are with a male who is very calm. So it's that sort of difference between is it what our assigned gender roles sort of are and, like, men are supposed to be that way and so women are conditioned to want that experience or is it just brain wiring again? So... Just thought that was interesting. So, you ready to hear our interview? Let's do it. I really hope you can hear it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna switch over here. Do you want me to commentate while I listen? Ooh, do, are we gonna do this live? Yeah. Okay. There is no take one. <laughs> well, there is only take one. Ah. Okay, so here we go, you ready for this? Sure. Okay, why don't you start by telling us your name? Brian Campbell. Okay, and Brian Campbell, you're a friend of the pod, right? I guess so, yeah. Okay. So the whole reason that I wanted to interview you is you're going to be our example of somebody who actually likes horror movies. So the topic we're talking about is why people like scary movies. Okay? Okay. And so you're going to be our example. We're making an example out of you. Ooh, that sounds like Are a horror movie itself. Comfortable? Comfortable with that? Okay. Yay. So... Brian is bringing all of his charm. For the listening audience, you do actually like horror movies, right? Absolutely. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, how much? Yeah, horror, sci-fi, probably a 10. You're right at the top. Yes. Okay. So what kind of horror movies do you like? Oh, I would say it started with the whole uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street genre. Genre? Yes. That genre? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So, like, you would say you're a slasher film guy? And I've kind of, I think, maybe matured a little more. Mat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you matured out of that genre? Into the Stephen King type now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So, we'll talk about... I'll circle around and we will talk about that and what's the difference between like a slasher film mm -hmm. so do you have a favorite horror movie oh or I mean you talked about Friday the 13th 
Friday the 13th and those kinds of things. So I suppose a favorite series would count. I, I guess Nightmare on Elm Street more than any of them. Okay. Yeah. That's Freddy Krueger. Right, right. For the listening audience. Right, right. That is Freddy Krueger. What is it? What do you like about the Freddy Krueger thing? Oh, the character himself. The, the mystique. <laughs> the mystique the, uh, of Freddy Krueger. Oh, the word. Mystique. <laughs> Story of the character. And okay, his origin story, his lore. The lore, I guess. That's okay. What I was looking for. Yes. Awesome. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. So what is it you like about that character? Um, I guess it's kind of a. Uh, it was a well done story, I guess. Was it? Okay. Originally, and then they kind of branched off into some silliness. But. Okay. Okay. Jason versus Freddy. Okay, so we might circle back to that so you can tell us that story. But we're first we're gonna move on. And I'm going to ask you, do you remember the first horror movie you saw? <sighs> no, actually. So think think hard. What do you think? What's the first one you remember seeing? Um boy. Maybe the first nightmare on Elm Street? Maybe that was the one. There was one. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe it was Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy of Terror, I think, that's, was the first one. That's an awesome name. Yeah, it, it, it involved a uh, a uh, a Native American like doll that came to life and murdered this woman. Wasn't that wasn't that also a Stephen King one? There was a Stephen King story. A story in there, yes. Okay. Oh, okay. I remember being quite young and it frightened me. So was it like a... a, a, um, It was an anthology type thing. Right, right. Like a Tales from the Crypt or one of those. Right, right, right. So you think that was the first one? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And how how young do you think you were? 10 or 11, maybe. That's the literal perfect age, too. (laughs) For a little boy. 10 or 11 is the perfect <laughs> Oh, I was age. walking to the video store and renting VHS and okay. copying them. And, yeah. That's great. I mean, not that you I were, advocate piracy at all. You were a little tiny, little baby pirate at that sure. time. <laughs> sure. Charming. So. Way to go, Doug. One, and we're going to talk, one movies. of the things we're going to talk about on the podcast Monster. is <laughs> what some of the prevailing but sort of psychological it. theories are I can't hear you. <laughs> about why some people like horror movies and all good things. Nothing pointing to you as being, for example, a sociopath <laughs> or anything like that. But um, That's reassuring. Doc is not a sociopath. One of, the, one of the theories that sort of comes along. Did you want, I'm sorry, did you want your dog to be part of this interview? Yes. Okay, good. Um, okay, but if the dog starts talking, I'm leaving. Okay. One of the theories is that people who, for various different reasons, people who like horror movies are just wired differently to enjoy the thrill of it and they, that they're able to, how do I describe this? Um, that they are able to enjoy the thrill of the scare without having some of the negative effect of it that other people would have 
right? Like that lingering fear and things like that. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, can you describe thinking about your favorite, right? Like a really good horror movie that you really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you walk us through how you feel like going into it and during the movie and because some of the some of the research talks about the lingering effects and how you feel coming out of that movie mm-hmm. tell us about that too so sort of that whole process oh i guess for a comparison i would look at it like a uh, like a thrill ride okay hey that's what i like, said say a roller coaster you know there's ups and downs what? and that's, that's, that, that, that would be a comparison mm-hmm. I would look at it like, you know, uh, like your your Jason movie or whatnot. You know, it starts all really calm. They're arriving at your campground. Something's not quite right. That would be the top of your it's, it's roller coaster. It's maybe the spooky music that, right. that's well, bothering everybody. That would be the top of your roller coaster. And then, oh, things start happening. Okay, you're going up, up, up. Okay, they, they spot him. Now you're going down, you know, and, and okay. it's, it's just the ups and downs of the thrill and I mean, you leave feeling, feeling in, invigorated and like satisfied, right? But you don't like roller coasters. That's that's what I think. That's is, a whole different thing. But, but okay, but you just, I'm just using a music you just use the allegory, yeah, and it as a thrill, right? But that's my roller coaster. In, that's in lieu of roller coaster. In lieu of a roller coaster. Okay, fair enough. So. As I said. Wait, interviewer, you're acting like you know me personally. I do know you personally. Yes. <laughs> the listening you're audience. Like you know me personally. <laughs> all 12 of them are going to know <laughs> know that I know you personally. Because okay. I will. And actually, uh, Vin- Vince is going to ha- get to listen to this. Okay. And then we'll talk oh, about this it. Oh, so this is meta. It's you talking about me oh. listening to it while I'm listening Weird. to but it. But not as personally as I don't think he would have he wouldn't have known the roller coaster thing. Well, Podcast also he doesn't section. know anything about this yet nope. because I'm surprising him okay. with it. Okay. So anyway, so as I said, one of the prevailing theories. What you didn't know is that is Brian texted me ahead of time. Sort of yeah. exactly what you Be described, ready. which is that there's don't act surprised for certain people. <laughs> it's the thrill. It's the expectation going into the movie. Mm-hmm. It's the adrenaline rush. Right, mm-hmm. and then you come out and it's very satisfying. Or dog, mm-hmm. um, or do you hear the cat too? For I think I hear the cat. People, Pretty sure for, I hear the cat. I'm sorry. Like in the background, in Possible. other research, uh, some psychiatrists or psychologists, I should say, say that people who enjoy horror movies just process that stimulus differently, so they're able to look at the horror movie more objectively and say, and actually probably two, the two theories kind of come together too, which you can look at it and say, I know that this isn't real, right? I'm not deeply empathizing with these characters. I'm just like on the ride with them and observing them. And so that can be more enjoyable because you don't sort of connect with them. Um, And I mean, 
not to throw you under the bus, but another article I read said that uh, <laughs> in the nicest way possible, people who really enjoy <laughs> horror movies are um, lack sensitivity and are not highly empathetic. <laughs> no offense to you. There it is. But what? my question Dark is, now that I've bashed you just a little bit, <laughs> why not... Without knowing what psychologists think of this reason, why do you think you like horror movies? Or it was the dog. <laughs> Did the dog just fart? <laughs> the dog. <laughs> so what do you, that's what you get out of it. Yeah. Is like an adrenaline rush yeah. Yeah. kind of thing. Right. What would you say that people who don't like horror movies are missing? Um, the escapism of it. You know, I mean, it's, it's a form of escapism, I guess. Okay, so what would be, for people who don't like horror movies... Other people have different versions of escapism. There's fantasy movies and whatnot. It's just a right. form of escapism. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so, for so people, is every other, movie ever made. For people who think they don't enjoy horror movies... What? A form what of escapism. What would be your recommendation, your number one recommendation <laughs> to start in be, this genre? A beginner? Yes, a beginner. Ooh, a beginner. Horror, horror movie 101. Well, for the lighter fare... <laughs> Um, For the lighter affair. The, the, the original Nightmare on Elm Street's not that bad. It's really not. Now, at the beginning of this interview, you said that was the best. Yes. That things have changed a lot in the last 10 minutes. What, what happened? <laughs> well, it depends on which one. If you do the reboot, I wouldn't do the reboot. Okay. The, the if you do one. the reboot, you just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. But the, the original with Robert England, that's, that's the best, yes. Okay. All or right. even the original... Uh, Friday the 13th, the first one. Hey. Okay, don't, don't call, oh, and don't bark while we're Ruth. working. Okay, I think that's enough. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay, that was a little weird at the end there, because Ruth jumped up off the couch and I was like, wait, there's a dog in here? <laughs> Where'd the dog come from? <laughs> so the whole, so... Nothing happens at our house ever, and no one comes to our house. And we recorded that. We're sitting, well, first of all, we could not get the dog to stay out of the living room. And she was everywhere. (laughs) We were sitting sort of side by side on the couch, Mm -hmm. and the dog, she was on my lap, and she was on his lap, and then she was on (laughs) top of the couch, and then she was down on the floor, and then she was was everywhere. She wanted to be on the podcast so bad. Um, She made it. Yes. And then, right at the end, where things start going, like, weird, (laughs) suddenly there was somebody knocking at our front door. Oh. No one knocks at our front door. Yeah, People right. Don't like, even come to our front door. Yeah, that's not the logical door to go to. Yeah. So I, it was like, I don't, you're ruining our podcast. I walked outside and I said, Sir, <laughs> you are ruining our podcast. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Congratulations for ruining it, ruining everything. So, yes, so a lot of dog involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your. What is your reaction hearing from somebody who enjoys horror movies? Specifically the kinds neither one of us want to have anything to do with. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what to say. 
<laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Enjoy that. Oh, whatever floats your boat, I guess. <laughs> That's not my cup of tea. I okay. thought it was hilarious that he used the same analogy, though. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and you want to talk about podcastception. Yeah, that was a little weird. There's going to come a time when he is going to be listening to you commenting on the fact that you're listening to him commenting on you. Mm-hmm. So that's going to get yeah. real weird. Yeah, <laughs> real meta. <laughs> very excited about that. Yeah, I don't, I, I, mm, I don't have anything to say, Kay. I guess. Well, so listening to you, listening to it, the fact that you commented on the, like the perfect time to watch, start watching horror f- movies is 10 or 11. I didn't re- Actually, I didn't come to this piece of research until after that interview, but the average age when people see their first horror movie is 11. Yeah, I think I was around then. Yeah. Probably. So it's just like that rite of passage thing. Yeah, or not. Ish in... <laughs> Western society, possibly. So here are some things we found out. Here's the research. Here comes the research. Ready? Uh, I need chapstick for this. You should definitely chapstick for this. So one article that I read, a lot. Interestingly, you would think. You know, a lot of the things that we've researched have been. You know, Don't here's, the, there were air quotes there. Yes, there was. <laughs> uh, there's maybe an article from somebody who's in that industry, and it's sort of, it's probably fact-based, but it's more anecdotal and a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything that I found when I was researching this topic, I expected to find that kind of stuff. Sure. Like people's opinions on it. Everything I found had scholarly research behind it. Every article and a TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> so this is clearly a thing that people are interested in finding out, right? Mm-hmm. So one article cites, sort of lays the, sets the table saying that there were originally two kind of prevalent theories, that people that like horror movies either enjoy that sense of excitement or enjoy the relief of it ending. So they either like that whole middle thrill part of it. Oh, sure. Or they like the feeling of the resolution. But the article goes on to say that as they continue to research it, they are finding that it's likely there are people that are enjoying both at the same time. They're sort of coexisting together, this feeling of being like going through the tension and all of that. And maybe because these are people who tend to be able to separate reality from fantasy, they're experiencing the tension of it along with the relief of not knowing it's real at the same time and the excitement of it, right? So basically what this article said was these are people who might actually be, in, be happy to be unhappy, might actually be enjoying that feeling that we get where we go, meh, I can let that go. But these people <laughs> might actually enjoy it. Um, another paper, a 2004 paper in the Journal of Media Psychology, which apparently is a thing that exists in the world, 
Uh, State says that there are three main things that people look for in horror movies. The tension, which is the thing we've talked a lot about, that feeling of tension, which they're enjoying. The relevance of the horror movie. So, for example, if it's commenting on a cultural trend or something that they're psychologically going, I see the point it's making, right? And Mm -hmm. they're attracted to that. Or something like a personal fear. So if it's a movie about someone who is afraid of the dark and, you know, the tension part of it is that there is actually a boogeyman in the dark, but then they triumph over it. Mm-hmm. So people that appeals to people. Or, for example, I, I don't know if this is technically a horror film, but Eight-Legged Freaks. I think so. That's spiders, right? Yeah. That's like, but big spiders. Yeah. Is it, okay, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly that, like taking your fear and just literally right. blowing it up. Right, right. Now, ironically, the third thing that this list says, um, after saying people like it because it's relevant to them and it speaks to something that is real, they also like it because it's because of the unrealism of it. And again, back to that end you make a good point. What movie is not really about escapism? Schindler's List. Not really. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So there are movies that are not really where you're like, oh, what a great and ideal world. Fictional movie. <laughs> okay. What fictional movie okay. is not about? Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so another study talked about the characteristics of people who do like horror movies, and this particular study, which was published in the Human Human Communications Research, is where, again, which is apparently a thing that exists, they studied 220 American adolescents, and so again, we're talking about people who, because the average age, when people watch the first horror film, is 11, so this is probably, this group is great because they are really in the beginning of that exploration of what horror films do for them. And they cite basically four different types of people or watching habits really is what this is. Gore watching, thrill watching, independent watching, and then problem watching. So people, for the people who are watching for gore, um, they tend to have low empathy, high sensation seeking, and in the males of that group, a strong identification with the killer. So it's the thrill, the power, it's that whole thing that they're experiencing. For the thrill watchers, they tend to have high empathy and be sensation-seeking. So they're like they're feeling it, it's overwhelming them and their empathy. Independent watchers uh, tend to have high empathy again, and that empathy is, al- is for the victim specifically. And then they, the independent watchers, come out of that experience with a high positive effect for overcoming the fear that they're feeling. So they're very empathetic, they're feeling a lot of fear, but they get a great uh, benefit from overcoming it, like the movie ending, and there's a resolution. Then the problem watchers... um, are an interesting group because they're also highly empathetic for the victim, but they actually come away with a negative effect 
particularly they come away with a sense of helplessness and yet they still do it. So here, the most interesting thing I saw. What do you, do you want to talk, comment on those? You just, everything, you there's not, so much skepticism that yeah, you're, you're... You're really not painting a great picture no, here. No, it's, they're, they're inter, people are different. They just like different things. But here's the interesting stuff. Oh, that other stuff is interesting too. So I came across a TED Talk. I told you, I did some research. <laughs> Girl, I watched a TED Talk. <laughs> the name of the TED Talk was What the Horror Genre Teaches Us About Humanity. And that was given by Stephen Schlatzman, who is a child psychologist and a horror novel writer, which is an interesting combination in yeah. human beings. So his whole thesis in his talk is that horror movies make us ask questions that we're uncomfortable asking in other situations. So basically... We have a hard time asking, I'll, I'll explain more, but we have a hard time examining things in society and personally unless we can do it through this lens of what he refers to as displacement. So in other words, and I, I think this is a common thing if you sort of look at it this way, if you, for example... If I see you having a difficult conversation with someone else, right, and I just observe that, and it's because you, I don't know, you insulted their shoes. Not that you would do that. All the time. Right? <laughs> but it's easier for me to look at what you're doing and tell you, um, you know, maybe if you didn't come off abrasive like that and insult their shoes, you that conversation would have went better. So and I can I'm like, maybe if they would just buy better maybe shoes. Maybe if their shoes didn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> but if that were me in that situation, um, I would have a really hard time. Like I would walk away and be like, I don't know. It's just the shoes are ugly. I don't know what, <laughs> what to tell you. I don't know if this is the best example, but it's that displacement where I can say, oh, I can see what's wrong with that situation, or I can see what the resolution is there. Because it's happening to somebody else and not to me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because human beings... <laughs> it's like the... Oh, what commercial is it? Uh, I don't remember if it's... Yeah, I don't want to name anybody because I'll probably get it wrong. Anyway, the premise <laughs> is the people are in in a horror film situation and... They're just making bad choices. Right, right. And they're like, we're going to hide behind these chainsaws. Yeah, definitely don't go to the car. Let's hide behind the chainsaws in the shed. Right, exactly. (laughs) Very easy to see what they're doing wrong. So because we can ask each other uncomfortable questions through horror movies and through that lens of displacement, they become... Part of their function becomes to help us to know and understand each other better. And as a result, and he even says this, this is not me being hyperbolic, we can love each other better. Wow. We can love each other more because we can ask hard questions and deal with that. So he says that they appeal to people for three main reasons, distinct from what we've already talked about. 
um, horror movies create a thing called metacognition. Do you know what metacognition is? Thinking about thinking. It is. Nice work. So smart. So uh, when we watch, when someone who enjoys a horror film watches a horror film, part of what their brain is doing is, so he cited the example of scary clowns and why. Is that a movie or just a topic? Just a topic. Okay. Right? <laughs> so why, if you see a birthday clown or Ronald McDonald or, you know, some of these things in the place that they're supposed to be. I mean, for some people, all clowns are scary. Some people really hate clowns, right. But for <laughs> for people who aren't our boss, <laughs> who I know hates clowns, you can see a clown at a birthday party or at a festival, whatever, and he's in the appropriate place. So you don't have to think beyond it. But when you take something like now, there are a lot of clown, scary clown movies because a lot of people find clowns scary. Um, but something like It, mm-hmm. which is famously famously Pennywise the Dancing Clown, uh, that puts a clown, I mean, specifically, if you think about like the most, the most recent versions of It, specifically puts a clown in a sewer, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And Again, did not see them. I know you didn't see them. <laughs> But like the all of the all I'm thinking about is memes right now. But the point <laughs> is, you put the clown in the sewer. That becomes a thing that he's in a place he shouldn't be, and then you metacognate about well, if he's the same thing, right, as a birthday party clown, but now he's in a sewer. What is my brain doing to make that scary? Um. That also sort of ties into the idea of horror movies challenge pattern recognition. So clown at a birthday party, perfectly fine. Clown in a sewer, not fine. That's not where a clown should be. And Or anybody, arguably. Right. People should not be in Just sewers. Alligators. Except for people who need to work in the sewers. Right. And we appreciate them. Mm-hmm. And... They should keep doing what they're doing because we don't want to. Right. <laughs> um, so that creates that difference in pattern recognition. When we challenge what is an established pattern, it creates cognitive dissonance, which means it, it uh, creates something that pulls us out of that pattern and there's a little thrill about being pulled out of that pattern. The surprise of that cognitive dis- dissonance gives us a little charge of a thrill. Um, and again, every fictional movie ever, right? Every right. decent one, right? Um, so, in other words, you don't have to have a horror movie to give you cognitive dissonance, right? To give you that thrill of a pattern right. changing, right? But that's, uh, but, but just to say, like that's. That's why movies exist. To do different things. Yeah. I mean, tell, that, tell some of the filmmakers that, because I don't think everybody's gotten that memo. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, that actually, you have no idea what a great transition that was, because his third point was that horror movies unite people by creating a shared experience. So there's sort of two pieces to this. 
number one, he he talked about how uh, about after he had seen like his first horror movies when he was younger, being a little bit older, like in the adolescent stage, and watching it together with his friends and how different that experience was, right? So you get a whole group of people together that gives you this different sense of like... There's always somebody screaming. Yes. (laughs) But people are also laughing and it's sort of this connecting feeling of like we're doing this together and it's fun and it's funny to us, right? Um, But then also the second part of that is that horror movies are so derivative. This is a quote from him. Horror movies are so derivative that you see every movie in every other movie, which Mm -hmm. makes you feel like part of a club. So there's the sense of familiarity, right? Mm -hmm. And especially when you talk about uh, someone who has seen a lot of them, like Doc, who can watch, you know, basically watch it through this lens of, okay, like I hear the music and that cues me for something and we're going down a dark path and I know, you know, within this margin of error, there's going to be a jump scare Mm -hmm. and something's going to happen. So you kind of, I think... the spooky music that suddenly stopped. (laughs) Right, right. So they're probably, part of that is like breeding this familiarity and comfort even though it's a really uncomfortable, really unfamiliar, crazy thing. Mm-hmm. So, coming back, I'm almost to the end of my page and a half for research. I'm so I was so excited about it. I just went and it all came out. Back to this idea of asking difficult questions, but putting them, uh, but posing those questions in this feeling of displacement. Right. So, the the three. Movies he cited, and I, one of them I had sort of heard this about it. Um, the other two I had not even considered. So he says the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, especially the first one, which apparently was the good one. <laughs> According to Doc. <laughs> right. Um, is, in essence, a study about mob violence. And so you watch that because what happens is uh, you find out, so Freddy, Freddy Krueger is the main character. He is, he haunts people and kills kids in their dreams. But then you find out that he had been murdered by a mob and he had been pushed in the, into the boiler, Right. So he had done terrible things. He had been killed by a mob. And now he is haunting people for all of those reasons. So when you're willing to kind of go, okay, I see the connections, like the connections that they put together to make us get here, you start to think about, well, who's right and who's wrong? You... Yes, he did terrible things. Yes, I believe in justice. Do I take it so far as to say that mob justice is right? And you start thinking about that as a social construct instead of just this is what the scary movie is. And that's, that's a place this Dr. Schlossman would say that that occupies. Salem's Lot is another one he pointed out. 
Salem's Lot is actually a, I can't remember if it's a whole novel by Stephen King or if it was just a short story, but it's about vampires. And in the beginning part of the movie, two brothers are going through the woods and they get separated. And first of all, they establish early on that they're not supposed to do that. They're not supposed to walk through the woods to go home. Okay, so right right away, you're you're talking about this bigger conversation of they just disobeyed a social norm, right? They disobeyed a rule. So, do I feel like whatever happens now is just punishment? And what happens is that one of the brothers gets attacked by a vampire, gets turned into a vampire, and then it becomes a even larger conversation um, where you have two brothers and one disobeyed the rule, didn't have a personal consequence. The other disobeyed the rule, had a personal consequence. And the brother who didn't get turned into a vampire has to deal with this huge thing about my brother and I are now different, and how do I react to his differences, and how does that change our family dynamic? Right? It's big stuff. I know you're making very critical-looking faces at me, <laughs> but when he started uncovering this stuff, I got so excited, clearly, uh, about thinking, you know, really on that metacognitive level about, about what those themes are. Um, and then the last one I will talk about, and then I'll shut up and let you talk, is Night of the Living Dead, which he cited so many different themes. Night of the Living Dead, um, George Romero, zombies. That's all you need to know. That's all you need cool. to know. All about zombies. Um, and the, the thing that I had always heard about the Night of the Living Dead is that the first, I think it's the first two, in this bunch of movies, first dealt with um, the rise of communism and war, and that was like this big theme. And he points out also racism, sexism, and the fear of science failing us are big themes in this thing and help us kind of work through that. And then there is, and in that group of zombie movies, one of them features a mall, like prominently features a mall. And that one is about capitalism and the corruption that comes from capitalism. And his whole thesis in this is that you can take, even for those of us who don't really like these kinds of movies, you can take them and step back and see where they have to fall, where they fall culturally to help the people who will engage with them have these bigger conversations. Now, I would say that, you know, if we talked about a movie that you and I both liked, if we, like, if we went down the Lord of the Rings trail, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, that movie has bigger social commentary in it too, right? So it's not like, Oh, horror movies are the only ones that do it. But what I came away with 
thinking about metacognating on <laughs> is the fact that like I'm not going to engage with Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm not. That's just not ever going to be a thing that I'm going to do, and I'm not ever going to think about. So that means I don't get to reflect through that movie on my feelings about mob justice, right? So what is so that means in another movie genre, there must be something that is going to let me work through that stuff in the same way somebody who's going watching the scary movie to do it would do. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I mean maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. There probably. I'm, and I'm sitting here trying to think of a movie that would talk about that. I'm sure there must be. But, and maybe mob justice isn't the perfect thing to cite. But, you know, if you think about something like The Lord of the Rings, you know, there's dealing with friendship and, uh, like, big themes. Dealing with this feeling of, like, found family. Dealing with um, responsibility. There, there are all these great big themes that it asks, it sort of challenges with racism, right? Good versus evil. That while you can watch it and take away all of the, um, the escapism in it and enjoy people's characters and watch how they move through that, there are also things that it challenges you to think about that when you're really in it, you're not going, oh, I feel really challenged. When I look at you know, how they're treating the hobbits, I feel really challenged to think about racism <laughs> now. Like, you're not thinking about that. What you're thinking is, hey, but I can see that they're different than them, and their skills complement each other. So there's no reason to be dismissive when you know that all along this journey, like, you're going to need that guy, you need that woman, you're going to need that to make it all work. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I will give you, for sure, the... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I prefer if you give it to me, for sure. For sure. The exploring themes and all of that, right? Because, again... You will grant me that. Every movie ever. <laughs> yeah, not every yeah. movie ever. Right, but, yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't... Uh, you have not persuaded me <laughs> to engage with. And I'm not trying to. Yeah. I'm So probably what I should have, I, here's lesson learned. I, what I could have stated at the top was, neither one of us like this. Other people do. Here's why they do. And that's fine for them. <laughs> we wish them luck. <laughs> Just to say, we know... That's a choice other people are making. At least one of us is questioning those choices. <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> um, and Halloween time is the appropriate time to talk about it if we're going to talk about it. And this is just a thing. Here's what I learned about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying Jazz to convince hands. you to watch Freddy Krueger. Okay. Because Good. I will find something else that talks about mob justice and talk to you about it. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Blazing Saddles. You don't know what that is. No. 
I, you also wouldn't watch it. So, <laughs> so the, it's a Mel Brooks movie, though. Do you know who Mel Brooks is? No. I can't work with you. <laughs> <laughs> Young Frankenstein. Spaceballs. I've heard of that as a movie title. Okay. That's about as I far just, as it goes. I, I don't know the demographic of people that are listening right now, but I just want you to know people have lost respect for you. That's okay. <laughs> they can have it. Okay. They can take the respect yeah, they can take and it. leave yeah. with it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so you made some notes. I made a couple notes. What are your notes? Um, just things I thought interesting along the way. I mean, it's, for me, in, in the whole scary movie discussion, like it, I would be curious to see research around the negative, if there's negative effects from that, right? Like I, I don't, per, and this is, this is all just opinion because I did mm. not do research. Um, uh, I don't think it's that great, especially specifically thinking of what you're referring to as like the slashers or go, like mm. just to expose yourself to that level of violence and whatever, mm-hmm. like to get desensitized to that. I mean, I know we talked about separating that from reality, but also... Also, you are, in essence, enjoying watching somebody be murdered. Right. So, well, I think, to your point, I don't have that research, but I would guess that it becomes not about sort of this black and white, do you enjoy it or don't you enjoy it, but goes a level deeper, and why do you enjoy it, right? Mm -hmm. And if, and again, we can't really get in the heads of these people because we don't feel the same way, but I, I would posit that there are people who can enjoy it for reasons that are, quote unquote healthy right and so then aren't going to get this negative effect after the afterwards but that there probably are also this other there's probably this other group of people who aren't enjoying it for a quote unquote healthy way and either it's because they already are predisposed to something right so I don't know that I would, I don't know that, I, I would have to see the research to say, just like video games, just like violent video games, um, things like that, that there is definite cause and effect between seeing a thing like that and then violence, right? So, but I would believe that there probably are sort of two different kinds of people that are engaging with this stuff. And one of them is the small segment of the population, just like also, again, like violent video games, the segment of the population who is already predisposed to doing very negative things and engaging with this kind of stuff isn't dissuading them, right? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's, 
reinf- maybe reinforcing them, going, well, but I saw it in a movie, or I was playing Grand Theft Auto, and they, like, shot the cop, and it seemed fine. So it's, I don't think it creates it in people, but it also doesn't go, no, you shouldn't probably do that. Of course, the other argument I could, now I'm arguing with myself, <laughs> the other <laughs> argument I could make is, like, not everything that you, inter- there are things in the world that already say that, right? So not everything has to, point, like, has to come down and point to you and say, oh, by the way, you should be nice to people. Because th- there are things in the world that exist that do that. Like hopefully parents, for one. Ideally, that's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, parents, grandparents. Yeah. So uh, stepping away, because I feel like we could go on. I Listen, I did a page and a half of research. I yeah. could go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could talk for an hour about something we didn't research. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> stepping away from the moral argument of scary movies, um, and just just a couple comments on really movies in general that uh, I thought of as we were talking. Um, the idea of separating the actor or actress from the scene. Um, like, I'm, I'm curious about that, just because I know for me, like that, so there's suspension of disbelief, mm-hmm. right? So s- separating fantasy from reality or being willing to step into that reality, understanding that it's not real. That's just a movie. Yeah. Right. Um, but I know for me, part of what I qualify as a good movie is a movie that is able to... Uh, in which I am able to fully suspend mm-hmm. disbelief, uh, at least the first time around. So right. when I the first time I engage with it, if I am totally lost in the story, totally right, and this has gotten exponentially more difficult the more video work that I've done because mm-hmm. I understand a lot more about what goes into making all of that. Right. So, but for me, it's like. If I'm thinking about how they're acting, if I'm thinking about the t- the the reality of it, right, the the production of it, whatever, it's like mm, not quite doing his job, right? Which is a little bit unfair, like I said, because because of the work because that I do. Because your your eye is already looking for those things, right? Because there, I think. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's this part of you as you're watching that that is because also I think there's part of you that's doing this at any given time that is going, well, how can I recreate that? How if I were to do that, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And what, what would be the choice? You know, I can. So you see cho- where other people just see a thing. Right. Um, you see choices that are happening. And that. When you when you know going into it, it's all this long series of choices. I. It has to be hard to separate yourself from that, and I wonder 
like how do you how much what's the word I'm looking for how much gentleness can you give that director or the cinematographer and go but I'm looking for it <laughs> right right so well yeah and I think the so the reason it becomes sort of a criteria for the movie now is because when I like it's always there and there's always going to be some aspect of that but the more engaging the story is mm -hmm. the more I can just like shut that off and right. oh what happens next like I want I need to know what happens next like mm -hmm. and enter into the story and the characters and that as as what it is meant to be mm -hmm. if that makes sense so do you ever find watching a movie that even something like that something particularly well done takes you out of it do, do you understand what I'm saying do you remember when we this is a couple of years ago now when the Wonder Woman movie came out and we were talking about a particular scene where there is like a drop of rain or several drops of rain mm -hmm. and it wasn't my opinion was that it was super well done, but... I watched the movie and didn't even remember it. <laughs> once, once I started, started metacognating on that thing, through no fault of the filmmaker, I was out for a little bit. Right. Because I was thinking about, you know, how well done that was and what they would have had to do. And right, how did they get that right. shot? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, like I said, there's always, that's always there, and there's, like, there's always things that, like, do that, that trigger, like, oh, mm -hmm. that's a choice. That's a, that's a thing they did. Right. But then how, how easy is it to shut that back off and get mm -hmm. back into the story, or how... How compelling is the story? Am I am I enjoying the story? Really mm -hmm. is the the biggest factor in that. So, do you think that, like, circling back to the horror genre, right? You're identifying yourself as this person who wants to be immersed in the story. That's how you enjoy a good movie: it's being immersed in it, and not being pulled out of it. That aside like in including all of the other things you've cited <laughs> about why you don't like them um really it's this part of like well I but I don't want to be part of that story I don't I don't want to be in that world I don't want to see those things happening in real life I don't want I, I don't want to experience that therefore I don't want to get lost in that right sure it's yeah, just as that. like that's not your that's not a story that you want to be a part of, mm -hmm. so why would you engage with it? That's that's not a reality I want to enter into. Right. For an hour and a half to three. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I can dig that. That makes sense. Well, and probably that that means that there are people who, when we talk about oh, well, you know, horror movies, but then also Lord of the Rings is great. That people are like. But also, like, orcs and stuff? Like, I don't care. That reality doesn't matter to me. I don't want to be part of that reality. So why would I? 
I mean, especially nine hours of it. <laughs> like, right. why, why would I immerse myself in that when I don't care about any of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those people are wrong. <laughs> Objectively. <laughs> uh, the other comment, uh, this, is, this is just a platform for me to rant for a minute. Oh, I didn't know that's how we were doing this. Okay. Um, Interesting. <laughs> no, when you were talking about, like, watching movie with people and it being an experience, that, uh, that is an experience I... Uh, watching movies with people is a very like edge of the knife experience for me <laughs> because because I want to enter fully into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it is there. It is not only the uh, certain choices of the movie makers that could pull me out of that story. It's the people in the room. Yeah. And if they won't shut, shut up. up. Vince, Vince, what are they doing? What are they doing? Why are they doing that? What, what was that? Who are, who are they friends with again? I don't, what, what are they doing there? Yeah. Like if you. Shut up. If you. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is taking it to an extreme. But if you want to remain my friend <laughs> after watching a movie with me, don't talk to me during the movie. You need to shut up. <laughs> did, did I ever tell you about the time I watched, uh, what's the movie? Is, is it, I wrote it down, but it, is it A Walk to Remember? Yes. Did I tell you about that? No. So, okay. Uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched this movie and you would like to someday. And it's from like 1992. Yeah. So <laughs> it's probably it's too late. <laughs> you don't get a spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were, there's a group of us, and this, this is not a movie I would choose to watch independently. Uh, but for the group of people that were like, oh, we're going to watch, you want to come? Like, okay, I'll come hang out, watch a movie, whatever. And then watching it, again, with all of my, like, don't talk to me during a movie, because even even if, uh, in this case, what, uh, for the type of movie that it is, right, that isn't, again, another genre that's not my cup of tea, um, I will, that is one, not horror movies, but that is one I, I will engage with that. So sitting there watching the movie, like just not too far into it, but enough for me to have gotten myself into the story, right? Mm-hmm. So not sure what's going to happen, and I don't remember at what, at what point, but it was before you found out one of the main plot points which I'm about to tell you, uh, because one of the other guys in the room, so, like, everybody's quiet, we're watching the movie, out of nowhere, he's like, is this the movie where the girl has cancer? (laughs) Out loud. Yeah. Very loud. I could have punched him. (laughs) Like, well, I'm leaving now. I'm done. (laughs) Thank you for that. <laughs> but is it the movie where the girl has cancer? Well, it turns out it is. <laughs> and suddenly the plot was much less interesting. Okay. Because I knew where it was going. So how long after that guy said that 
in the movie do you find out the girl has cancer? Um, I want to say like five, ten minutes. Okay. So, but I mean, it could it could have been worse. He could have started the movie by being like, "Is this a movie where the girl has cancer?" And that would have ruined a whole big chunk of it. Right. But like five minutes. But it's it, not bad. But well, also, shut up. Yeah. I get it. But also, like it was, and maybe it was a little more than that. It. I think it was at the point where uh, they're like getting into their relationship or whatever. So you're like, you're really getting that emotional attachment to them as characters and mm-hmm. their story and blah, 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 all of that. Boom. Boom. Really? <laughs> like, and if, if you've seen the movie and you're, and you're wondering about the whole plot point twist, like whisper it to somebody who's also already seen the movie. I can't. Okay. There's a little bit here to unpack. Number one, you're clearly still angry about it. <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. You're very worked up. About, and how long ago did this happen? Uh, probably at least six years. Okay. Okay. That's a long time to be harboring those feelings. So have you ever forgiven this person? Clearly. It's impor- I think it's important for your healing <laughs> that you forgive this. is not this, a therapy session. That you forgive this person because... <laughs> this is about me being objectively right. Okay. Because also... Well, and also, six years ago... I, I will be interested to actually look up that film and see when it came out. Keanu Reeves? Is that who is in that? I don't know. I think so. All I remember is that it's, it's a movie about a girl who has cancer. And so... Here, let me tell you what I remember. I honestly about don't it. remember much about yeah. the, the movie itself. It was just that defining moment in our friendship. <laughs> I think you need to be more careful with who your friends are. Well, clearly. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that took a turn. Yeah. That did. I liked it, though. I liked it. So, what was the lesson you learned from? What is the big social lesson that you learned from a walk to remember other than... Don't watch movies with people. Don't watch, okay. <laughs> Got it. With, <laughs> with people at all. Yeah. Period. Okay. No, there, I don't know. There's, there's a particular... I shouldn't say a particular, but there are certain social movie-watching situations where conversation and, like, just talking is somehow acceptable mm-hmm. that I, I don't understand that so, as a concept. Here's what I'm picking up from you. You are saying there are, so quote, let me quote you. There are certain social situations where talking is acceptable. But what you're... While you're watching a the movie. The words under that are apparently some people think this is fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it is not. No. Okay. In any way, shape, or form. So this uh, this begs a question. And again, 2019, we're using the podcast to, you know, work out some things. Uh, we've attended a movie together. I mm-hmm. feel like I did fine in the movies we've attended. Uh, maybe just one. Did we just go to one movie? Was it just the one? Maybe. I think so. It doesn't matter. I feel like all I did was periodically make excited noises. 
And that's okay. And that's fine. Yeah. There and there and was some. You may talking. have even like hit me on the elbow. There was a little. Ch- there was violence happened <laughs> between both of us. There was mm-hmm. an awful lot of hitting that happened. But see, that's that's different because you're. I'm engaged. You're engaged. Mm-hmm. That's a. It's a. This is getting really meta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a micro shared experience. Right. Around that, right? What's not acceptable is having a conversation about something else entirely okay. while people are trying to watch a okay. movie. I mean, I've gone so far, like, oh, what movie was it? Uh, I think it was, we went, uh, my wife and I went to Frozen in theaters. Uh, and it was, like, it was so late in the theater run. Mm-hmm. As popular as Frozen was, it was so late in the theater run we were the only ones in the theater, <laughs> right? So we were we were a little late on that train. But uh, w- one thing that I remember, I do remember the movie, but one thing that I remember about the experience watching it, I had to go to the bathroom so badly. Like I will, I I will not. Like once that movie starts, my butt's not moving out of that chair. I had to go to the bathroom so badly, like, it hurt to stand up straight. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. So, again, just to illustrate. Uh, How committed you are. Yeah. Okay. So, I, again, you're giving me a lot to unpack here. So what I'm hearing is, in the realm of shared experiences... There's an exact right amount of interaction. And if I had turned to you and been like, I don't know if you know this, but actually in the original comic books, Thanos was... was (laughs) 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 He actually was a really different character and he had a little helicopter that he rode around in. That's true, by the way. Uh, He was was really a completely different character than the character that is being presented right now. (laughs) If I had done that... That would have been a real I'm problem. I'm going to refrain from commenting <laughs> for the sake of your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of that stuff happens during those movies. Yeah. I try. He doesn't listen. He First of all, he says he listens. He's not, He might listen up through the part that he was in. And <laughs> he, he doesn't make it this far. But <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> that... Um, being married to someone who hoards knowledge like a squirrel hoards an acorn and then waits for the exact time to download all of that knowledge onto you is really an interesting experience. While you're in the theater. While I'm in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. At every point. <laughs> he and and this is, you know, and this, we take the good with the bad, right? So. <laughs> he, Talk about working some stuff he, out. He loves comic book movies. I love comic book movies. He grew up reading comic books. I didn't. And so I know there's an inequity in our level of knowledge mm-hmm. on what we're about to watch. And it excites him so much to share that knowledge. 
And when it happens, there's these, there are two separate parts of my brain going at the same time. Because there is one part, because also I'm a knowledge hoarder, right? Right. So one part of my brain is going, ah, oh, that's an interesting little tidbit. And the other part of my brain is like, shut up. <laughs> I don't need that right now. <laughs> Especially when it's, you know, that actually that character would have done this and this and this and this. Or, you know, actually in the original comic book, it was blah, blah, blah. Don't, don't. Just stop. Right. Write it down. Yeah. We'll talk later. <laughs> like if I could suggest a process improvement, it would be talk about that over dinner. Yeah. That is a perfect time to do it. Yes. Afterwards, because I come out, um, and we have gotten way off of our main topic, but I come out of every movie. No, this brings us back to our main topic. I come out of every movie having, just because the way my brain is wired, um, my brain is making all of these connections. All of that, like, metacognition is happening, and it's like this theme and this theme, and what is that saying to me, and how did I feel about that? And my brain is going through all of that. And I think he... Except after Infinity War. My brain was broken after Infinity War. <laughs> it was still doing that. We both just kind that. of stumbled out of the theater. <laughs> I will never forget that experience. <laughs> that. Going to... We went to... So we... For the listeners. I don't think we've talked about this. Have we? I don't remember. I don't know. So we... I know we talked about Avengers at one point. But I think that yes. was right before the movie. Right. Um... We and our spouses went together to see Infinity War, and we were very excited. We had, we had dinner ahead of time. Yeah. It was a whole night. Yeah. It was a big We were out big stepping. To do. We took time off, didn't we? Uh, yeah, a little bit yeah. to so get we to took, the theater. We took vacation time. <laughs> <laughs> we set this whole big thing up. We were so excited about Infinity War, and we went to dinner together, and we're talking, and then we, we sit down in the theater, and that was that part where we're, like, punching each other, and we're excited, like, in excited ways, and we're, oh, we're all excited, um, and we're, and because, and it was this awkward thing, of course, that Vince and I know each other, right? So mm-hmm. we're friends in work. And so we have a lot to talk about. Our spouses don't have anything to talk about. And there was a lot of, like, we're talking. And they're like, oh, well, this is fun. <laughs> but we were having a lovely time. <laughs> and, you know, really, you know, go, went in with all this excitement. And all through the movie, we were like, oh, I can't believe that happened or whatever, making noise. We didn't yeah. actually speak. That, that is what but, we were referring to, excited noises. And yes. Like and then... We won't spoil the end of Infinity War, but also, seriously, if you're going to see Infinity War and haven't seen it yet, you you need to get that done, or you can't be our friend. Uh, no, you aren't our friend. You aren't our friend. <laughs> uh, and we, after that big excitement and going in with so much energy, we walked out. We barely spoke to each other. We yeah. walked from the theater, and our cars were very close to each other. Yeah, just like a row or two over. Right. So we we walked that whole way. And we just sort of both like drifted apart. Right. Did, like, did we even say goodnight? I, I think we did, but it was one of those like, okay. Mm, yeah, see ya. Night. Tomorrow. Yeah. God, I don't even think we said that many words. Yeah. <laughs> it was the weirdest just, thing. It was very, <laughs> our brain. And then I remember getting in the car and, and we were in Wausau. Yeah. So both of us had, you know, quite a long way to go. 
with our spouses. And even the car ride was the quietest car ride I think Doc has ever experienced with me. <laughs> because my brain, I just, maybe 20 minutes into the car ride, I'm like, I think my brain is broken. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know what else? I don't think we ever talked about it again, Vince. I think this is the first time <laughs> yeah. we're finally, we're this finally is, healing. This is from so therapeutic. <laughs> I don't think we ever brought it up again. Movie therapy with Sue and Vince. <laughs> Take a number. Because it was so broken. We were so broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels good to have worked through that, though. Yeah, finally. It was a hard time for us. That was, yeah, it was weird. So that went way off the topic. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, we should wrap this up. We should wrap this up. So what did you think? How did, how did we do? This time, I think we did good. Was it? But so our whole idea, our thesis, mm-hmm. that one person does research. I, I want to hear you say you liked it because it's your turn next. I li- yeah, I liked it. I I wish I could have brought a little bit of research in, but I'll no, just that's bring the whole idea. All the opinions. You bring your charm. All the judgment. Bring that Elmhorse charm. That's all. We all want. the hatred towards yes. scary movies. That's fine. So if you're listening to this, and want to do. There has to be a place they can leave a comment, right? Uh, we're still working on that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Leave a comment on Facebook. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Duh. If you're listening to this and you got to it through the Facebook link, go or back to that didn't. Facebook link. Or if you didn't. Even if you didn't, still go there. Go to our page. Very confusing. Um and leave us a comment and see what you think. Yeah. About this new format we're trying because one of us enjoyed it very much. <laughs> so, and that one has several links because she did a page and a half of research. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to link out to a couple of those articles that um, the TED Talk was really interesting. A really good, uh, a really. There was a lot more information than that. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, literally everything about the genre, everything except the specific genre is interesting. Like, I love talking about the meta stuff that goes into movie making, filmmaking, and all of that. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. But, and again. It's just the disdain for. It is, and that's exactly why we had to do. Oh, P.S. Quick before we wrap up. If anybody is at this point, I realized as you were commenting, and are we going to include the comments that you made during? Maybe, probably, Okay. somehow. So our guest introduced himself as Brian Campbell, and you referred to him as Doc. It's the same person. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that is why that Doc is his nickname. And he has terrific taste in women. Moving on. (laughs) So links below. And this <laughs> continual <Sorry>. reminder, <laughs> or he at one point had at least one time terrific taste in women. Before that, not so much. Um, a reminder, you can find us on Anchor, on iTunes, or you can visit our blog at simplicity.coop slash blog and hear all of our episodes. And we would love it if you did. If you're a new listener, and welcome. 
Mm-hmm. It's late to welcome you, but welcome. we're excited to have you. And hi, bye. We're <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> and we are glad that you got in on this episode because it's just new and different and fun. Mm-hmm. Cheers, hands. Thank you, listener, for sticking with us to the end. Hop on over to our Facebook page and uh, join the conversation. This is Sue and Vince signing off for now, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.